Welcome to Opera Columbus's podcast, Operaisms. We're your hosts, Jeanette Birchfield, and I'm Julianne Lemihoff. And this podcast explores the opera world and the many words I hear every day and don't know what they mean. Welcome back to Operaisms, everybody. Um, we have some more special guests in the house with us today. Y'all want to introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Bruno Baker, and I'm the Revival Stage Director of Fellow Travelers. Hey! And I am Brian Vu. I'm singing Timothy Laughlin in Fellow Travelers. Yes. And, of course, Julie is here. Hello, and, hello. <laughs> and I'm here. Um, so, let's get started, y'all. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thanks for having us. So, Bruno, this is now your third time doing this piece. Yes. Tell us a little bit of how that's been over the, the years. Yeah, so when I first, uh, my first encounter with this piece, I assistant directed it in Boston in 2018. And I remember when I had gotten the offer to do that, I immediately started researching the piece in itself. And I listened to the, the recording of it and immediately fell in love with it. I, I mean... The music is just so gorgeous, the romanticism behind it, the yeah. the psychology of these characters, the conversations, the topics that come up in this piece, so enlightening and also so heartbreaking. It just immediately stirred such an intense reaction, and it got me so excited to jump in on the project. So I assisted it in Boston uh, with the original production di uh, director, Peter Rothstein, and instantly fell in love with the the design, the world of this piece with this production and was invited to keep working on it in in Madison in 2020. Or, oh, no, wait, I think Boston was 2019 or 2018? 2019. It's like life these days. Mm -hmm. It's just all like blending together. So I, I totally get it. Honestly, like working in the opera, don't you feel like when you think about past seasons and work you, and times you work on shows, you have, I feel like I have to like count on my fingers. I was like, one season ago, two seasons <laughs> ago, like, and then figure out the year to it. But, um, yeah, when people ask me how long we've worked together, I, I usually go five years, and then when I actually break it down, I'm like, oh my god, I don't even want to think. About it. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to announce that number out. No, <laughs> five, five years plus five plus. Plus. <laughs> plus plus plus. Yeah, um, and I had the chance to work on it in Madison as well, which was very special, and it's only grown in the sense of getting to work so deeply and specifically and also what's so exciting is that this piece with these characters being so complex is that it really allows invitation for collaboration from the artists to portray these roles you know everyone's gonna mm -hmm. see these different characters uh through their own lenses yeah. and while of course they have innate traits and characteristics of course but you know based off the right. truth of their characters that the characters are complicated enough and the story is complicated enough that the conversation can be open about who is your version of this? How do you know this character? Right. Because we know these characters from our own lives and from our own experiences, even though it's a period piece in the sense that it's set in the 50s. Yeah. The character work in psychology is just still so contemporary in the sense of what queer relationships and queer people encounter on a day-to-day -day that it's, it's always so thrilling and sadly heartbreaking then to think about how connected these characters and these issues still are to today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
I remember, so I was actually at Minnesota doing a Rigoletto when I discovered this piece and completely fell in love with it. And that's when I called back everyone at Boston Lyric and I was like, we gotta do this version. It's so incredible and so powerful. Um, so obviously for my first season, I was like, we're doing this. I'm so in love with it. So definitely my second go at it, but purely behind the scenes, making it happen. Mm -hmm. So very excited. Brian. So, I mean, I know, I know how I started the conversation <clears throat> with your agent, but mm -hmm. how was this story for you and how's the journey been? Oh, um, uh, it's, uh. It's been a really wonderful journey. Um, so for uh, our listeners out there, I was working professionally as a baritone until I uh, decided to transition to tenor in January of 2020, <laughs> which was cosmically aligned with COVID, uh, uh, canceling, sadly canceling my uh, 2020 baritone gigs, but then freeing up my uh, practicing to just go up and up. And so, mm -hmm. Timmy is my third tenor role ever, and he's my second lead. Uh, it's been a wild ride because, um, as Bruno said, the story is so relevant, uh, despite being set in the 50s and being a somewhat historical piece. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the characters are all of us. We all have best friend, real friend Marys in our lives. We have... Um, gossipy uh, eager beaver miss lightfoots in our <laughs> lives um and we all have timmies and hawks in our lives mm. and um i love playing timmy because it's a it's a way to drop into a former uh timid shy uh me uh back uh not, not so long ago um so yeah vocally speaking I was actually very, very worried. I remember. Um, when uh, Julia, you had approached me about this because I thought, oh my God, only uh, light tenors sing, light Mozart tenors sing this role. It's going to be a throat <laughs> strangle for me coming up from baritone. Um, but he's written very, very well. Yes. Um, and I don't say this as a, oh, this is a compliment that like Timmy's written in a, quasi speaky musical theater mm -hmm. sense in the sense that the plot and like the more recit scenes are uh, in a in a spoken placement in the voice leaving room for actual full bodied singing in other areas such as his aria his duet with Mary and the very final scene um, so it's he is very rewarding emotionally and vocally. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. And especially with the fact that, like, you know, we talk so much in the rehearsal about what when does society demand that these queer characters put on their mask and hide themselves, and how that translates in the like in the musical musicality of it all. Mm -hmm. Like, when do they have the the space and permission to emote fully and honestly compared to when has society crushed them so much that we have monotone or we have uh, more you know, these, these more conversational mm -hmm. moments. Yeah, totally. Ooh, see? <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette's ready. She's mm -hmm. cooking up the cop, the popcorn. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm ready. No, I am. <laughs> and the tissue boxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so don't just, wear makeup. Don't wear makeup. Waterproof. Waterproof. Waterproof, waterproof eyeliner. Bring some tissues. Oh. Um, and be prepared to pay attention in the sense that, like, 
Uh, I told Bruno after our Act One run that this is uh, this is like a Broadway musical in the yes. sense that I saw uh, the most recent production of Company mm -hmm. uh, on Broadway with Katrina Link and Patti Lapone, and it's just nonstop uh, action and plot uh, slamming uh, your mind, and this is uh, essentially the same. Yeah, no. The the recap of this opera is definitely not Lady Gaga. I mean, going story, story, yes. scene change, costume change, more story, aria, tears, back to back to back. Uh, true, true. I was very grateful when I was watching the room run to have my mask on because it's really good for absorbing <laughs> without looking like I'm, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. my eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really dry out here today. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a very powerful piece. Oh, this is exciting! What? It's a now's the time for you know something like this because I mean, it's just <laughs> this world we live in these yeah. days. Sometimes you don't even want to go outside. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, um, so so last week when I came to the run, that was the day that they made the announcement of what was happening in Florida. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching the run and being like, this is why we do this, because mm -hmm. these conversations are so important. Um, and and thankfully, art allows for that, that yeah. space. Um, so we're, see, I just got goosebumps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. Totally. We are lucky. We're very lucky. Yeah, I mean, especially with the sense that the erasure of it all of this yeah. moment in history that's very rarely ever taught or talked about yeah. mm -hmm. so now continuing the idea of discrimination fear yeah. hiding of the but, but we we talk a lot about you know the the red scare but we don't talk about the lavender scare mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. and you know obviously you know timmy represents so many i mean we're talking it was 1200 federal government employees that got fired so for being suspected it wasn't proven. Mm -hmm. I think it's even, yeah. I think because the, I usually, if I have my dramaturgy correct, the Lavender Scare mostly refers to the time of the McCarthy era yes. and, and the 50s, but I mean, that's where that that's harassment still. and di discrimination, oh, his yeah. policy carried on until yeah. the 80s. Well, oh, yeah. after, yeah. It wasn't until Bill Clinton signed the executive order in, I want to say it's 95 or 98, that mm -hmm. he made it, a you know, it was an official declaration that you could not, discriminate federal jobs right. due to sexual orientation. orientation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that sort of harassment was still in place for all those years. I mean, no, absolutely. the number was up to like, some some people report 5,000 plus, 10,000 plus. Yeah. And it's so sad that there's so much uncertainty around what happened to those people because mm -hmm. of the, the sense that they had to change their lives. They had to hide. Yeah. They couldn't, you know, voice their stories so few. But to also be considered a security threat, like to actually yeah. say it like, that, yeah, listening to some of the like, I was I googled some stuff and I was like, what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the world, and I even was like, when I went to work after yeah. leaving y'all, I was telling people about some of the things like I've never heard of that, and it was really cool because like when because I work in cosmetics, mm -hmm. and um as well, <laughs> <laughs> um and you. There, there's a lot of queer people in cosmetics, and yeah. it's fun to like let them because some people don't even know um, history and how important that is. So it's like really, I don't know much about anything, and I'm new here. But um, it was really cool to even like, hey, this is a new um, look on something that has happened in history. So um, our history. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's so interesting how like 
uh, it's a tale as old as time, <laughs> yeah. where yeah. humanity is constantly uh, fearful and uh, oppressive of otherness and something that is so unfamiliar to them. Um, we see it in the Lavender Scare. Mm-hmm. I did a tour of West Side Story where I was a jet boy, mm-hmm. and uh, our director always talked about how this isn't a story about uh, Americans versus Puerto Ricans. It's a story about uh, the people who live in this country and how they other mm-hmm. uh, um, the people that are foreign to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scare of the unknown mm-hmm. or not understanding. Yeah. Okay. This is definitely the most intense podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but we're going to talk about this. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. So we love to ask these questions, but what are some of, you know, your mantras or like, what are some things, like, what are some words of wisdoms you live by? Um, it has, it can, it can be about, you know, being a singer or just in life in general. Um, I'm always curious to hear those things and to kind of share that. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a couple. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I guess by like, not safe for work one is it's a bad idea but it's fun so do it uh and that was my grad school mantra and also like kind of applicable to a singing career because like you know it's it is like objectively a questionable idea but it is like without a doubt fun so do it and leave no stone unturned uh my other one is uh live your life Uh, don't forget to live your life Which is hard when you're always working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that's a good one to have. Yeah, the, work, the work-life balance is, is real. A real yeah. issue yeah. at times. It's true. <laughs> Especially what is that? I don't know. <laughs> I know. What's life? What is she? Yeah. Do you have any that you live by? or? I just constantly, in, in the professional world, always have to remind myself about patience. Mm. That, you know, the, the hope and the dreams uh, and the inspiration to be an artist are so inherent I think in those who want to enter or continue in this profession and there are so many ups and downs and it's such a roller coaster ride and so in those moments of the down of not getting the gig or you know hope hoping that you want to grow yourself or improve yourself but not but having difficulty achieving that level or or pushing yourself to that moment that you know that with patience and with time artistry and that artistry can grow within you and that every you know it's cliche but everything happens for a reason I 100% believe (laughs) that yes and it's just and especially and thinking about that especially in the lowest of lows so that it doesn't make it feel like a a rejection or Mm -hmm. us you know a down spiral or such more so than compared to like no this is actually meant to be you know use this time for a different reason or just for you know enjoying the moment that you're in before mm. you ascend again or before you you push yourself to, to grow. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I always hear um, for every no, you'll get so many yeses or something uh, about that. But, yeah. And in the moment, it's so hurtful. And I you're know. like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> My career is over. Don't talk to I know. Me. Yeah. That's usually the text I get from Bruno. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that mantra really came from Julia every time I call. 
I always <laughs> remind him. Like, those, I yeah. always remind him how old he is, and he's like, "Fine." <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, like you are. Yeah. You've accomplished so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool. everyone at this table has, but it's also that thing where it's yeah. like, you're, you know, to be an artist, you have to, it's so dependent on being yeah. present and being in the moment that you almost mm-hmm. like yeah. have to forget the path a little bit to think about the light ahead and to think right. about the moment you're in. Also that. And then it's like, you know, thinking in those moments of self-reflection, being like, where was I three years ago? Where was I mm-hmm. five years ago? Mm-hmm. What would mm-hmm. teenager or little kid Bruno, you know, be think like, of oh who God. he is right now? Yeah. You know, I'll be like, yeah. you know, struggling, you know, thinking of like the, my m- most minute issue over like some technical element or something. And I'm like, wow, this is the problems of my day and of like my work schedule. And right. just like to think of, you know, the very, very young wannabe artist Bruno thinking that, you know, this is this is the life he's in, this is where he okay, is at the moment, see? and being like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, no, like, that's nice. it's all working. But I, I also, you, you mentioned patience, and I think also for a singer, it's hard, because there's also, you know, your instrument, right? Like, you have to be patient with your instrument, because mm-hmm. it's constantly totally. also changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, and that is, uh, I don't know, I guess, like, metaphorically, uh, similar to life like I never imagined that I would be transitioning I would have transitioned to tenor it was just never a possibility for me and then when my voice teacher brought it up in fall of 2019 that you're at this juncture where you can choose to do it or not if you want to Mm. um, I went through so much identity crisis thinking everything I've worked for to prove that I'm a baritone it's just (laughs) all down the trash Um, but yeah if you're like open and flexible enough to rolling with the punches of life in all the ups and downs it can be it it is uh, very rewarding and beautiful that's awesome I definitely remember when I first worked with you was that Little Women? No, it was, um, was it 27? Uh, 17? Or, no, 16, 15, 16, or 17. One of those years. No, no, I meant 27, the opera. Oh, the opera! <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah! <laughs> he remembers that one so well. <laughs> cut it in post, cut it in post! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. It Sorry, was... Royce! <laughs> I knew it was one of the RA operas. I love you, Royce. I'm just teasing. Love you, Royce. But um, but yeah, you were you were like fully owning it. So I think it's beautiful that you. Yeah. But you're a tenor now. Yeah. Let's go. Well, and it's so like it's so wonderful to really dive into this rep, um, which is so. Uh, you know, I'm just going to say it, baritones, as a former baritone, have it easy because they don't ever <gasps> Do have it. to sing above the staff. You can, right. uh, I did this, you can <laughs> go out the night before rehearsals and shows, get drunk, er, and you know, right. wake up and think, oh, I only have to sing an F sharp. Like, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> stroll in, do your thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Exactly. But to like fully commit to these tenor characters dramatically and vocally, you also yeah. have to commit your health. So, yeah, it's been really rewarding to actually uh, take better care of myself now because my my health, or my job, depends on my health. Mm, Even more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is also a fun section we like to do, which is, Jeanette, here's all these words we use for opera production. Yeah, I have my knife. I heard another one you said earlier, too. <laughs> oh, wait, what was it? Um, I don't oh. even know if I spelled it right, so I'm probably going to butcher uh-huh. this. Go for it. Don't laugh. Regal- regalo? Regal- oh, regaletto. 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 Oh, regaletto. 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 And I was like, 
What the? It, what? It's an opera. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Which well, we, we will actually talk more about that in another podcast. Ooh. Ooh. Is that a season yeah. announcement I hear? It is not. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I have a few more. So, Bruno, yeah. you need to tell me. What is quick change? So a quick change is in an opera production when usually there's a, a jump in time or a, uh, you know a character moves onto a, a new space that they usually come in in a different costume and sometimes oh. it's that you know because we we work from the basis of the music from the tempo from this uh, the fact that a stage director can't control time in that sense that they they work within the preconsist idea of when you know the when, music, the music that, and yeah. when does that singer need to sing? You know, it's like so, there's like only so idea. much you can find it do, and so it's a you know sometimes you'll see a singer go into the wing and come out in one minute in a completely new outfit, oh, and yeah. so the quick changes, you know, the number of wardrobe people there assisting in the change, redressing them, the rip touching away up clothes, quick, yeah, it's like all the rip, yeah, and all the the rigging of the clothes. You know, there's the oh, snaps yeah. to like rip them off quicker we have elastic yeah. laces so they like, slide on and off all these like little tips Some, and tricks sometimes it's even a wig yeah. i need that in real life i know some singers they just cl- they walk off stage and they will close their eyes while they're getting changed because sometimes it happens so fast that they're and like, they i gotta like, stay focused in my character mm-hmm. i cannot be worried yeah, yeah they'll yes. just walk into the wing like stick their arms <laughs> out spread spread their legs and like four people just like Tornado around it's them. Like and that then, when they yeah. do the NASCAR thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Except Got it's it. a human. <laughs> more care. More yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. I think yeah. there's like I want to say I think there's twenty plus of them that are under a minute in this show. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. some really fast changes. So I'm oh, about yeah. like that's what I'm gonna be focusing on mm-hmm. now. See, yeah. I'm like, where's the quick change? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I also use these like operaisms in like my everyday life. Oh yeah. You know. I mean, I've, you can. This is an operaism that like is applicable to pop uh, pop concerts. Like, I'm gonna see Dua Lipa in two weeks in New Jersey, ooh. and uh, she has some quick changes between her neon yellow bodysuit that I think she starts uh, the Future Nostalgia tour in, ooh. and then uh, I think she ships to a studded Mugler uh, bodysuit. So Stop it. yeah, even pop stars <gasps> have quick changes. Yeah. Oh, I remember Stop. that. I think that was the first quick change I ever remember was seeing the Britney tour. Oh. And she, I forget what the outfit she was wearing, but then she had like 30 seconds off stage before she emerged as a ballerina mm. from a music box. Mm. Oh, and I was like, the queen. how did they do that? Yeah. The yeah. magic of it all. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say in Frozen. But <laughs> 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 That's like the one everyone talks about. Yeah. Oh, what does that dress happen? How did she do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, and quick change, super applicable in real life. You yeah. get out of work, I'm just going to quick change before I go to the bar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yep. You I used it. Legato last week. Yes, last really? Wait, Ooh, this wait is what is this? Legato. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, the term <laughs> Legato. Yeah. Wait, but, like, what's yeah. but what's the context of the situation that was Legato for you? Um, So I saw a video of Emily King um, rehearsing with her backup singer. Oh, my God, I love her. Same, obsessed. And I was just, I was like, I'm going to watch this a few more times, and I was like, I'm reposting it. Reposted it, I was like, look, this is like legato, smooth like butter. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I'm so proud of myself. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, I have one more for you. Tell me, what is tracking? So, just like we have uh, these quick changes that happen offstage, tracking is when the staging staff, the, you know, the stage management team, as well as the director have to creatively solve issues of how 
items within the world and the show appear and reappear throughout the production. And so if it, you know, exits stage one side, how do you get it in time to the other side for its next entrance? Or whether or not, um, you know, sometimes there's confinements of the space of where things can live and be and things like that. So that when you're tracking, it's what I love about tracking is that it's really, it really brings out a side of like the creative problem solving that makes like make that makes productions feel like puzzles you know Mm -hmm. that you that you get of course you enter the world through an artistic and character and dramaturgical and storytelling point of view but then in the in the minute details of that of building a production there are these kind of logistical you know issues that will come up with that you have to solve and it's always like you know working on a puzzle yeah i can only imagine sometimes i'm always like yeah, it is a puzzle because I'm always puzzled. Like, wow, did you see that? <laughs> Where did it come from? The little things, but that's great. But not only furniture, props, but also people, right? So there's a track yeah. for people. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So that when you, you know, when you're, when you have, uh, when you have to put in a cover or a second cast person, that you could, that you know what their their staging is, what their key moments are, um, so that you know you can always be prepared to. Mm -hmm. snap okay yeah it's pretty cool amazing yeah i love the process seriously so when you train employees you can be like okay this is the track for this person (laughs) (laughs) you can use all your operas (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh gosh we're going to work with somebody else (laughs) (laughs) she's too much she'll be like all this opera she keeps dropping on us mm-hmm. seriously i talk about it all the time good it's good yeah <laughs> i like to hear that well this has been awesome y'all yeah so we're about to go into the theater yeah so exciting sunday and then first audience wednesday yes, Final yes. i'll be there yes can't wait yeah no, absolutely. So, well, thank you so much for coming and yeah. talking with us. We just love to share the process. Thank you for having us. Yeah. This is awesome. I appreciate y'all. All right. Well, thank you. 